Mike, it's you and I today. How are you? I'm happy to be here. You know, uh, Alex, uh, Alex and and Dan, their so services are no longer needed. It was, it was <laughs> a pleasure having them on, but I mean, I guess this is the thing now. So, <laughs> okay, first off, they're not gone. Uh, Daniel's in Calgary. In fact, he went to Game Two at Battle of Alberta, and nope. Alex has his his stuff going on. So it's just it was it's me, and I thought, you know what? Who better to come on and talk about everything going on in the second round? Then good old Mike, his Rangers are in a must-win scenario today against the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, so, the boys need to have somebody who's teammate to the second round. Ah, uh, that's... Uh, he's, I, saw, yeah, I was waiting for that. You're, you're not wrong. I mean, we, we were, I was going to try and have Will on along with you so we could get some Calgary perspective, but uh, the man is busy. The man is busy. Um, I'm sure he's yeah, enjoying... Calgary stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure he's buzzing right now. I'd like to know what that's... It snowed in his city... Did it? I mean, it's better than having a power outage here, which I had. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Mike knows this. So, let's see, you know all of this. So, I've had a very long week. So, the other day, um, I accidentally headbutted my dog, Tubson. And obviously, Tubson is a tick boy because he's part American Bulldog. So, that hurt. What's his name? What's his real name? Oh, I call him Fat Tubson because he's just a bit of a thick boy who loves eating food. You call him Fat Tubson. Then the next day, well, you know this part, I had a really, I don't know what it was, but some sort of reaction in my eyes were swelling. And I couldn't open them for like 20 minutes the other day. It wasn't day. your eyes, it was your whole face. It was, it, it was mainly just the eyes, is where I felt it. Um, then I lose power from 1.30 yesterday to 10.30. I only caught the empty net goal for the Colorado game. I go, like my phone had died at like 2 p.m., right? So I missed the rust extension. I just go on Twitter and it's like, Huso's getting pulled for the empty towel and there's a goal. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Huso. And I see Sam Gerrard's hurt. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And then I'm, I'm looking at the Miami game. Like, what do you mean? Jimmy Butler's here. What's happening? A lot was going on. Um, but before we get to all that, Mike, because we have you on, we're going to start with the Rangers. Um, you don't have to. I mean, look at what stuff we got here. I mean, yeah, but you know, you're the the priority is the priority is is the Rangers. That's why that's why we have you on here. Um, so the the series is not often to to a perfect start. I would <clears> describe <throat> Game One as a game where the Rangers, the longer the series go, might sort of regret not grabbing that game. It wasn't Carolina's best, but in that third period, it just felt like the Rangers were getting no zone time. They were just hemmed in the entire time, and you could feel that goal coming. Yeah, no, they had like no shot for like. 10 minutes, 13 minutes, whatever it was. It, it was, it was pathetic. I mean, it, it, it's really resemblant of what happened. It's almost like they're the same Rangers team that beat Carolina. When they only beat Carolina once out of four times this year. And one time they did, I think I'm not exaggerating. I think the shots were 60 to like 18. Um, and it, what happened was Chris Kreider just scored a single lone goal in like halfway through the first or like early in the second. And then in the entire, like I'm not exaggerating the entire third period was in their zone. And that is entirely reminiscent of what happened this game. Mm -hmm. This game that we're talking about happened towards the end of the regular season. It's probably like game 69 or 70 or something like that. Nice. And then, yes, nice. And then just like that, like, it looked exactly the same. It, and that's not how you win playoff games. That's not how you win at all in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. 
I get gauging a new opponent because Carolina is a much different team from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. But at least you had some zone time. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins. This was just like dismal. I, I, I don't know how many better words you can use to describe it than that. Game two was, was sort of a very much, that was Carolina's game. Oh, I stopped watching that for a second. That's not good. By the way, let's see one thing about game one I wanted to before we spend a lot of time in game two and previewing game three. That's later. Say the note. <laughs> um, that Capo Caco miss, that golden opportunity, I think that may haunt your, your dreams for a long time. Yeah, I don't understand how you're missing that in the NHL. It's wide open that, like, wide open. If, if Caco scores that, there's, that they're up to nothing, the game's over, basically. At least the momentum is just so much, it's so shifted that I don't see Carolina making the comeback that they did. It's you know what that that kids line has been, been amazing good overall yeah amazing they've been the best line on the team Panarin has sucked he <laughs> had his he had his golden moment with his overtime goal I thank God yeah um, Kreider and Zabanajad more so Zabanajad's doing a lot Kreider was um, pretty hot in the first round pretty cold some other times Zabanajad Zabanajad you know you have. You're Adam Fox on the team, but you're also worried about what's happening with Ryan Lindgren, who's playing very visibly hurt. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes they're playing 7D. Um, sometimes Justin Braun is doing things. Uh, you know, sometimes Keandre Miller has to be a forward. Like, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's whack. See, I was going to ask you going in, like looking at game three, who has to step up? But I think you did a pretty good job of explaining it. You know, Zabanajad's a guy, interesting, because the first part of that Penguin series, I was kind of wondering. I saw a joke, a, a tweet from Jay Fresh. I think it was Lafreniere now has as many playoff goals as Zabanajad. I said, wait a minute. But then in the back half of that series, I think he had a hatcher game in six. But he was he was turning it on. Um, Panarin was getting criticism anyway, or before that game seven, because it just looked like the puck wasn't going. And I think people were saying the fancy numbers were saying he was playing well. But when you're Panarin, I think he's the second highest paid player in the league. The man well, needs to score right. some goals. Same he needs with to score some goals. He needs to just do stuff in general. His only goal before that game seven goal was that fluke on Matheson mm-hmm. when he when he uh, when he was. Going to when he was behind the hash or behind the goal line and slid that puck to the slot and it ended up going through Matheson skates. The first two goals that went off of Matheson skates, all serious, tough series for Matheson. Yeah, yeah, don't remind me that that <laughs> did my bracket in. Oh, yes, I forgot. Penguin sweeping the Rangers, yes, yes, uh, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's got to step it up, man. I mean, uh, him. Just basically the, the glue of this team has been and cop has looked good too. cop is cop is doing things Vitrano mm-hmm. I thought would be a little more despite the fact that, you know, Frankie, it's a little it's a little tough to gauge with Frankie V because the thing is, he was brought in as a depth player. He mm-hmm. is he is a middle to bottom six forward on any NHL team, but he's playing in the first line and it worked. The guy was actually potting some like pretty good amount of goals actually when he first got to New York and now he's dried up. I mean, he scored one goal, but now it's, it's almost looked like every time he's gotten the puck, he's just had no finish or just, I, I, I don't really know. So, I mean, you know, the fourth line is the fourth line. They do their thing. Um, 
it's 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 really tough too because you see how many ex Rangers are on the team and how how many ex Rangers are just thriving. Like to put into perspective, you know, Tony's Tony. Tony's having his year, but Tony wasn't one of the other four players that were there for the last time the Rangers went on a playoff run against Ottawa, and they lost Ottawa after beating. Montreal in the first round. Sorry. Okay. Oh, you didn't need to mention that. I didn't have to mention that. Sorry. But you have Jesper Faust. Antti Ranta was the backup then. Oh, um, uh, who else was on? Brady Shea. And, of course, Brendan Smith. I think Brendan Smith is one of the most disrespected players at the NHL by the NHL, or at least by EA Sports NHL, because <laughs> this man was playing top minutes last year because the Rangers had nobody better, and he was rated a 76 overall. And he's a pretty decent guy. Like I'd give him at least a 77 to a 78. And then this year they're like, yeah, no, we're giving him a 74. He's a so nice guy. Try hard. That's that's well, I mean, you know, it was the standard was wasn't it Jack he's, Johnson he's a, before him? Yeah, and he's a like I could say he's a better defenseman than like Justin Hall. Oh, okay. We're doing that, all right. That's not even smoke, but Justin Hall's an 81 and then Brent Smith's a 74. We haven't even been going for half an hour and we've already ripped Montreal and Toronto. I appreciate that, Mike. I'm not, um, I, I didn't rip Montreal once. I just reminded. I mean, yeah, just a nice colorful reminder of Lundquist turning back the clock. And uh, if your name wasn't Radulov or Lekanen, you weren't scoring. Uh, that was a tough one. That was a very tough one. Uh, the beginning of the end for Max Pacioretty is a hab. Uh, if you look back at that series. Okay, Mike. Looking at game, game three later today. Um, you obviously... You're, they say you're not in trouble until you lose at home. Um, but obviously, you lose game three and you fall down against a Carolina team that we know is, A, uh, desperate to get a deep run under their belt, and B, is just a, you talk about grindy, structured team. Who has to step up specifically? Who is the guy who's going to make a moment today for the Rangers in game three? That's a tough one because I was thinking more of – there's one specific unit that needs to do it. And it's the power play mm-hmm. because the power play has had so many. And yes, I will say I'll give it to Panarin because Panarin, he needs to do something. Um, you know, he's, he needs to do something, but also just in general, the power play, the power play has had so many chances and nothing has just gone through. Like, I would say Ryan Strom because Ryan Strom has actually just been dreadful, but at least he's been defending well. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, he, is, he has made some costly turnovers, um, and he has not looked good. That He has taken some insanely stupid penalties, but it, uh, it all comes down to, you know, also Kreider had a dreadful game, too. It all comes down to, to Kreider and Panarin, I think. You know, Zibanejad battled Fox did his thing um and and it's leading to you know turk turk has to he, turk drug long decided to change up some lines for example he flipped alexi lafreniere on the kid line at one point with with uh he put him on the second line flipped him with andrew cop and to get lafreniere on the top six and it didn't look too bad um but also like frank retrano on the first line was replaced by by capo caco and he was playing with Kreider and Zibanejad. So I guess, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, if, like, adjusting on the fly what that's going to do. But mm-hmm. if there's one thing I've learned in the game of hockey is if if something's not working, then you, got just, you do whatever you do to, to fix it. You do whatever you do to change things. 
whether it's line changes, combinations, whatever. If if you're putting a seventh defenseman on PP two at one point because it's not working out, then do that. Like, you know, who's a defenseman who's available? The deadline, who's worked some power play time before that maybe the Rangers should have gotten? Every every, I, I want to put a bet on every podcast because I, I like uh, like I want to put like the betting odds before you start every podcast, and I think it's like minus like oh, minus 105 that you mentioned Ben Chirot. I have to. Yes. Oh, again, all, all of my, a lot of the Habs are, um, a lot of the Habs are still in it. A lot of them are still in it. Uh, it's a, there's a good chance a former Montreal Canadian will win the Stanley Cup this year. That final scene just, just means more. So I got to mention, Dick, it was a complicated relationship with, 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 with Ben Chirot, but we have to mention them. Um, but obviously, just, just, just having a laugh there. I mean, Adam Fox is good enough. Forget about any other, just Keep Adam Fox there. Uh, by the way, Jack Adams finalist, Gerard Gallant. Do you think he wins it? Uh, I don't want to be biased and say he does. Um, but and it's crazy because I have a dear friend from Vancouver who tried to hint at me that they need to get rid of him this summer. And I was like, okay, you are on drugs. Um, I think I have it really tight between him and and – and Gillette, or, or him and uh, and Daryl Sutter, because I mean, I think every Jack Adams finalist has had a really like, has a really good reason to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Andrew Andy Burnett out of out of Florida, who's you know he had to inherit quite a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the only downside I think is that you know that team was clicking and that team continued to click. Yeah, it was an early season kind of firing, but that team was going to be good regardless. I mean, mm-hmm. also depending on Bobrovsky's success. So, but Gallant took a team that had no business making uh, anything other than the wild card this year. Uh, outside, and, you know, outside of the fact that they had Shisterkin, a man named Igor, um, here we are. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a coach that connected very well with the players in Vegas. And to my understanding, he looks like he's connecting very well. He just seems like an approachable guy, yeah. a coach that's very open to ideas and thinking, and um, he just connects very well with his players. So, um, definitely think he deserves a finalist. And then, obviously, Sutter. First off, Sutter has the best press conferences in the league. I was re-watching a video of his old ones in LA earlier. So tonight. funny! He's so great. funny. Um, but you know. He's taken a team, a Calgary team that has had so many expectations because of the fact that, you know, everyone thinks, oh, well, the window is going to close because Johnny Gaudreau is going to be a free agent this summer. Lindholm's getting up there in age. Monaghan is useless. Um, and he's he, he turned them into a really good team. Or he didn't turn them into a really good team, but unlocked the them very far. Yes, that's the thing. There's been so much untapped potential in that Calgary roster, and now you see it in full bloom. So mm-hmm. I, I'm saying it's between Sutter and, and, and Turk. We'll All see. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, neither were my, were my coach of the year, but I'll, I'll take it. Why? Um, because you wanted Jared Bednar? Yes. Yeah. I was pretty surprised he got snuck, to tell you the truth. The, I was very yes. surprised. With, with the domination that they did this year, and this is a regular season award, too. Yeah. You, I, I would have probably taken him over. Uh, over Burnett, actually, probably to tell you the truth, or over 
over Sutter or Burnett. Probably one of those two. Mm-hmm. That's Homer me being. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so that can uh, that can be what we do for the Rangers and that. Uh, they better win. I don't want to see the Canes win. Me neither. I'm, I'm not over cocking Demi. I don't want it. I'm not, not over it. 6.1. I can't stand it. Okay. Oh, where are we going now? What series would you like to talk about next? I think then the next one we got here in the lineup is pretty, is just, is something pretty insane. It's Battle of Alberta. Um, you can tell yeah. my, my power is out was out yesterday because I didn't update in the notes who's leading its series, but uh, we mm-hmm. have the notes in. Um, oh, goodness gracious. I realized we didn't record after game one because it started like that night. Okay. Story of the... Oh, my goodness. Where do we... <laughs> First off, I think this a story, even though the series is 1-1, uh, they both started the same way, and that was a crappy start for the Oilers, which has been a problem a lot of this year, even when, once Woodcroft took over. And Mike Smith has not been great, especially in game one, even though, you know what, uh, apparently in game one, Mike Smith allowed the least amount of goals of any goalie who played. Yeah, it, it's insane to think that because he only let in three goals and then was thrown right into the friggin' bench. Mm-hmm. Before we get too much into the game itself, Mike, is there a problem with Brady Kachuk being a good brother? Because no. uh, who tweeted that where they mentioned it's weird to see the captain of an, another NHL team and he never even mentioned the fact that the Kachuks are brothers? Yeah, they're brothers that have only been documented as being very close brothers. Mm-hmm. Like they're brothers that care about each other and had the, like the same upbringing and now they're both in the NHL. They're very like they're they're each other's best friend. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Hughes brothers are? Like, remember you, when uh, when uh, who's the youngest one again? Uh, when Luke. Luke got drafted and the, yeah. the the video of of uh of Jack losing it. Yeah, these guys love each other, dude. What the hell do you mean? Don't support your brother? And what the heck? He got a payday out of it. You think any? Oh yeah. You, I get signed by Budweiser for having a good time. I, I was surprised because it was Bud Light that he was drinking, but at first, but I mean, either or, man, like the hell you're getting your bag for having a good time with it, uh, watching your brother with your with your NHL legend of a father. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so so sorry. So that also means that Kachuk, um, uh, um, Keith Kachuk shouldn't have been at the game because he was a he was a blue and, and everything else he was. So. Uh, there's no he shouldn't have been supporting his son in Calgary either, right? Idiots. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with that. As someone with a brother, I'll tell you. Um, exactly. It it, it, uh, it was it was weird to me that people didn't get why you would go and support them. I I didn't get that. Like I guess he represents the senators, but like the senators aren't in the playoffs. What do you think he's gonna root for? He's gonna root for his brother. They're yeah, and not to mention the Kachuk unit. As yeah. you mentioned, is extremely tight knit. It was that yeah. you could chuck quote you do with one of us, you deal with all of us. Their yeah. sister's there too, who I believe is like nasty at lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously Big Papa Keith Kachuk. Yeah, they're they're a close knit family. I mean, even they even mentioned it when when Brady was going into his uh, into his negotiations. Even even Matthew was involved in, in Brady's negotiations. So uh, thirty two soft interview, yeah, when he when he mentioned that. Yeah, so like, and guess what? When Matthew's up this summer, 
I'm sure we're going to get Brady's reaction to it. What was more brutal in that game, Mike? The goaltending or the state of Matthew Kachuk's mouth guard? Because that thing looked mangled. Yeah, well, that's because Matthew, I guess, I think, Matthew, you know, these NHL guys get new everything. Every, you probably have, he's probably like guys like JVR, Patrick Kane, all these guys that are chewing on their mouth guards all game. They're probably getting a new mouth guard every game. Oh yeah, G- but I think, GBR I think was this is the playoffs. Yeah. I think because of the playoffs, you're so hesitant to change anything up. <laughs> I genuinely think Kachuk is playing with the same mouth guard since game one. I of, wouldn't be shocked. By that. <laughs> oh god, no, no, not at all. It wasn't as the camera was not as focused on it, but that was like after that game, I just kind of thought to myself, man, uh, that poor thing, because it legit looked it was unrecognizable. It was like a piece of plastic that was chewed on by the dog. It's like yeah, I don't know like how it fits in your mouth it. after. It's like the state of a towel after Fat Tupson gets all <laughs> giant rip in the middle of it. There's fabric everywhere, but then you can't make hey, just a naughty dog, naughty dog. I will um, tell you that the goaltending was 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 way worse. <laughs> oh, it, it was it was. You see that thing of Markstrom said after the sixth goal, I've locked it down, boys. Yeah, Will, will said that to me and was like, ah, so six is the benchmark. Good to know. <laughs> what the, what's going on here? That's that's exactly what I was saying all game too. My, the only thing I said all game is just what is happening. Like, what is this? Markstrom just seems to be, and this was like Markstrom was giving a real push for the Vesna Trophy at points this year. Like, I think he led the league in shutouts. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he is just awful. He is Mike Smith levels of bad against the Edmonton Oilers. And what doesn't help on top of that is when Connor McDavid is just putting on a show. McDavid pulled this one goal in game one where he just took it to the net, pivoted a little, dragged it back, and just snuck it right through, uh, I think, either through the five hole or just past his pad on the right side. Either way, it was it was just – he just slid it across the ice into the net. Like, and it was just – A, it was McDavid magic, and B, if it wasn't McDavid magic, it's something Marks needs to save. That's the thing. All these goals, like you, you so was, like all these goals, you've had to save. Mike, the discourse. I'm surprised it's taken us this long, but we're gonna get a little Stephen A. ish here. Okay, the discussion earlier this year, which guess what, the the, the other the three of us normally on the show had about saying that Matthews was better than McDavid, was blasphemous, Max Kellerman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. McDavid has just, not only did he step up in that game seven against the Kings, but this, like, game two was not, again, great goaltending overall. But and it was still the McDavid show. <laughs> it was. Like, he made Nikita Zadorov look like a complete fool on that goal, too, where he just sort of, like, he almost, I don't know how to describe it, but he, he like, just sort of bounced off the Zadorov. Yeah, and, and, he, and also, like, his, his, it's very Sidney Crosby-esque yes. how he took the puck behind the net and how strong he is. He may not be as like as 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 thick, as thick and chunky as, as Crosby is. He does, he might not have the, the tree trunks that Sidney Crosby has for legs, but he's very, very balanced on his edges. And he took that to the house when he when he when he just gave that one-handed flick over to I think it was Evander Kane for that goal. And like, dude, he's nasty. He had the quietest, like, 123-point season. Like, <laughs> Yes, he did. 
He did. I, I, Donald asked me, he, he's like, what's the gap with Matthews and, and McDavid? And I said, you know, that 60 goal year that, that Matthews just had very much, it closed the gap, right? Mm-hmm. But I think this playoffs, McDavid is widening it again. Because um, the man is just, you know, it's a shame. This is the second time that he's been past the set. The, the second time he's made the second round. Mm-hmm. And, you know, listen, I don't want to cheer for Evander Kane. I, I don't want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So what you do in the case of the Oilers is you cheer for first off Zach Hyman because he's a great, great guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you cheer for dry Sidle, who's playing through something right now, but still looks incredible. And you cheer for the fact that we're getting to watch the best player in the world play past April. Because yeah. that's the way it should be every year. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, McDavid is just an absolute treat to hockey fans everywhere. And let me mm. tell you, I was waiting for this all game. I'm so happy to see some bad blood between Kane and Kachuk. Because that oh, is yeah. exactly what I was waiting for. That's what my mouth was salivating for when I heard, when I saw that we're getting a battle of Alberta. Like, nah. You see the video of a, I think it was a Calgary fan climbed like and, and threw a and ten dollar bill yeah. over over the Edmonton bench. I forgot if it was a ten or a five. I think it was a ten. I'm pretty I think sure it was, it was a five. Was it? Because he wouldn't even give him a ten. That's a shame. So the guy on, uh, you, you know, the on the bench guys. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they go and comment on the video. They're like, "Boys, what do you, boys, take the." Take the five dollars. That's two double doubles in a in a donut from Tim's. <laughs> That's a very good point. Was, oh, you gotta you gotta save it because they're there. They raised the price of donuts too. It was insane. Like cookies are like one thirty now. It's like what are we doing here? Oh, uh, so I mean donuts aren't ninety nine cents anymore. Yeah, I think they were raised too, just over a buck, which is just criminal when you think about it. Uh, um, another story because Mike, you, you're you, if you're listening to this and you think I wouldn't mention Chris Lee dropping the ball, you'd be mistaken. <laughs> Um, what was a mess about this game is beside the McDavid show was the, sucks. the officiating was uh, suboptimal to say the least. There were two goals in this game. First off, there were two, the two disallowed goals for the Oilers. I thought they got gypped on both. The goaltender interference too, I thought was very weak. Um, now there was also a Calgary goal that called back. And in case of, so one of the Edmonton goals and then that Calgary goal were both a result of Chris Lee not being in position to see the fact that the puck was Ooh. loose on both goals. I gonna, thought he. I'm going to interrupt you for two seconds. Is there news? We'll get into that series after, but Jordan Bennington will not return during the Colorado series. Oh, really? Oh, oh, and yes, we 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 will talk about. How about after Edmonton? We'll get straight into that because um, I think him and Mr. Kadri have something going at it. That is unfortunate. You know what? That series has that Sam Gerrard being out now. That's um that is a lot going on right now. That's a real shame because he's playing really well. Um, but anyway, there, there's a lot to get to with Benning, Bennington later. Um, but Jesus, that, that um, but Chris Lee, he sucks. I mean, for example, like that one goal, he was right to wave off Edmonton's potential second goal because he blew the whistle down, but he was wrong to blow the whistle that early. It, it, mm-hmm. The puck was still loose. He he did that. He has a history of, of early whistles oh, yeah. too. He He's did a lot guy. with he did it a lot with Montreal last year. I I I'll with never, Vegas in Montreal. Listen, listen. When when Ron McLean calls out the goaltending on the intermission, that's when you know it's bad. Like and Craig Simpson, 
I remember last year he was getting really mad at Chris Lee on commentary. He was very subtly doing it during the broadcast too. So listen, I, I don't like him. I don't think he's unless you're a Flyers fan. I don't think you like Chris Lee. No one I, likes Chris Lee. I, I listen. Montreal beat Vegas despite everything he tried. He just he, I I don't. He's not a good ref. Despite I don't that he didn't. How. Despite the fact that he didn't give Pietrangelo a penalty for like socking Suzuki. Yeah, and then oh, and then oh, it's awful, awful. Or the when Corey Perry got cut up and he didn't call it, but they still scored. But they had to clean the blood off the ice. Great picture, by the way, of Perry celebrating afterwards when he's like bleeding still. Great pic. I miss him so much. He's been so good at Tampa. It's sickening. Um. I was going to say, oh, yeah. So that, by the way, that first, the Oilers goal um, where he blew the, the puck, um, the play down t- uh, quickly, he didn't go to the bench to talk to Jay Woodcroft. He sent one of the other officials, which I thought was cowardly, by the way. Yeah. That's when you that is, know yeah. you've messed up. Yeah. That's awful. Um, anything else on Battle of Alberta, or do you want to go to St. Louis, uh, Colorado? St. Louis, Colorado. Um, nothing other than it's sensational, and I'm excited for game three. Uh, also, yeah. hey, can't forget the fact that Calgary has not won a game two since 2004. I did not know that. It was either, let me see, Calgary game two stats. Calgary game two stats 2004. Was it 04 when they lost in the finals? Uh, Will, Will, Will doesn't want to talk about it. No. Uh, I'm trying to find this. Yeah, in the Bradshaw Living era, the Flames have lost every game two of every playoff best of seven series they've played in. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's cursed, if anything. That's very yeah. very cursed. Um, okay, so Jordan Bennington is, is out. Okay, Mike, you know how much I love the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, since I have a child, I'm, I was a child. They have been my second team because I am a Habs fan. I was raised to respect goaltenders. So that Patrick Watt connection is there, and I, I love the Colorado Avalanche. Um, so I've been on the bandwagon much longer than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So because I lost power, I didn't get to watch game three, and I'm really upset about it. But as you said, I didn't there, get to watch past like the halfway mark, like towards the end of the second, but I did catch like the important stuff to start the game. So from what I understand, a buddy of mine said that even with when Bennington was in that, it wasn't looking great for St. Louis, but um, Bennington, Bennington gets hurt and there's a bit of a collision where I do think Kadri could have done a bit more. I've seen more egregious contact between player and that, but I think, I think Kadri could have done more, but I don't think it was egregious. Now, obviously I've just said that in my remarks earlier about Bennington playing well, I don't like Jordan Bennington. Let's just get that straight before we keep going here. I don't want anyone thinking I'm on his side. So the cat, um, the abs win the game. They take the series lead um, after a game two where they just got their lunch stolen. I thought like Craig Berube out Jared Bednar. It was just a perfectly executed game plan by the blues. Uh, I thought so. Then you go to this game and afterwards, Nazem Kadri is doing an interview with the TNT panel, which by the way, I love that it's a TNT thing that just, it feels like something you'd see in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. And Kadri sort of, he's answering a question. They're showing some game footage and he sort of hesitates for a sec. And he points out that he thinks Jordan Bennington has just thrown a water bottle at him. And that was confirmed. Yeah. Um, now people have mentioned that Jordan Bennington has had some problematic tweets in the past. I remember seeing something like that, but I, I couldn't find them this morning. Um, 
Now, besides that, because I, because I couldn't find them, I don't want to speak too much to that because I think it would be negligent of me. But we know for a fact, at least, that Jordan Bennington is fake tough. This isn't the first time he's sort of that game against the Sharks where he went out his way to try and get in everyone's face. And, and even Devin Dubnik came out to him and said, what do you think, you idiot? The guy who thought he should have won the Calder over Elias Pedersen. Um, a guy who lost his job to Billy Huso this year and got it back. But you know, Jordan Bennington has a reputation for, I think, being a bit of a sore loser in this point. Uh, I get being upset that you're hurt, and now he's he's done for the series, as you say, from Elliot Freeman on Twitter. Uh, and I'd be upset too, but I just think you're a bit of a loser for throwing a water bottle at a guy. I think that's kind of gutless, to be honest. I, I, I do like Jordan Pennington. I do. He's, he's, he's a hothead, don't get me wrong. But he also opened up a lot about kind of how he had to keep going up the ladder and how many how, how his career has been a lot of snakes and ladders to get up there eventually in that miraculous cup run, uh, at least in his interview with, with Chicklets. It was, it was great. Um, he's a very confident guy. So when he doesn't get his way, he gets angry. Like he, he, he when Jordan Bennington gets mad, he just has like these crazy, like freak out, just like wires crossed, spaz out moments. Mm. Um, but also goalies are psychos. So, I mean, that's kind of a given. Um, you know, the whole water bottle thing, I think, I mean, it's, it's pretty gutless. I won't lie. If it was back in the day, I'd see it actually, I think way worse happened back in, back in older hockey days, but, oh yeah. um, he's just, he's a very emotional player. I don't think that excuses, um, his behavior and his outbursts when things happen. But he's a very emotional player, and there's no doubt when he's injured like that, he kind of can tell. You can tell when you have an injury like that. You can tell. I, I mean, we'll understand what injury it is later. But um, you know, if you if your knee or a ligament or something is torn, you feel that, and you know immediately you're done for a series. Or if something is broken on your body, and you know you're done for the series, you yeah. know you're done. I think yeah. he knew he was done from the moment he stepped off the ice. So if he threw that water bottle, pretty gutless. I won't lie, but. Yeah, he's an emotional guy, and I do feel bad because I like Jordan Bennington. Yeah, I, it sucked that he started sucking and lost his job eventually to uh, to Billy Huso, who's been pretty good in his own right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, gutless water bottle throw. I don't think it's I don't think it's that terrible. It kind of spices up this stuff a bit because Lord knows Kadri likes to spice it up. So, uh, I, I do feel for Kadri a bit too, just because I can only imagine what people say to Naz if that was him who did it because of his history. And, you know, Kadri, I want to say this is the longest he's been in the playoff without getting suspended. Which yeah, no, because is, it happens. Yeah. It happens every, every time. So I don't know if this is an attempt Binner trying to get into his head. Because I think earlier in the in the I um, want in the first round, people were pointing out that maybe Nashville were trying to go Kadri and doing something dumb. And obviously, there's history between these two teams. I want to say there was a game this year, or it was it may have been the playoffs last year when Bennington like took a shot at Kadri with a stick. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was the series between these two teams last year where the Abs swept St. Louis and. 
Kadri brained Justin Falk, which was a very deserved to get suspended. Um, but you know, I I just feel like I, I, I was going to say something funny, but I'm not. Okay. All right. Is it is it bad? <laughs> like, should we? No, it was it was. I don't know. I don't know if you remember. I remember seeing some media outlet or something post that um, that the suspension was racially motivated from Kadri last year. But uh, anyways. Which listen, listen, listen. I I really hope that this isn't a race thing with Bennington. I want to say, based off his history in the NHL, it's more than him just being a hot-headed idiot. Oh yeah, no, it's not a race thing. It's just like, him being. He's just being him being psycho. Like I, I just wires crossed yeah. emotion. <laughs> yeah, like, but like, I I still feel for Kadri. Uh, there was something else I was going to say, but it it slipped my mind here. I will say that on the play. I will give Kadri a little bit of credit. I don't think he could have gotten out of the way because he already got pushed by, I don't know who 43 is. I think that's, I don't know who 43 is, but he was already fallen. He got He got his shoulder right into Kadri as Kadri was about to make, uh, about to make the shift in his body to get out of the way. Cause I don't think Kadri would have intentionally just barreled Jordan Bennington no. because then there would be a reason for him to get suspended again. And this mm-hmm. time it'd be, for way longer because it's Kadri's history, but um, it, ironically enough, Justin Falk was right in the play as well. But yeah, like like Kadri is, you know, that's that hit on Justin Falk was by itself sus- suspendable, oh, yeah. like by itself, and he was a repeat offender. Like, oh, listen, yeah. it is like. They said the same thing about Ryan Reeves, but Ryan Reeves need a guy and drew blood on the ice in the playoff. Remember that? Yep. And then people forget that Tom Wilson has had the, I want to say he's had the longest suspension we've seen since Rafi Torres got half a year. So like, listen, there's a lot wrong with player safety, but at the same time, you got to realize Subban didn't get any discipline for what he did to Sammy play. So I don't think there's a race thing with them either. I get why people would think it, um, because of everything like that's happened the past couple of years, but I, I just, I personally, and maybe there's a bit of you're a white dude saying it. And I understand that people think that, but I just don't see it. Like I like Kadri, I like him. Wouldn't hate if Montreal signed. Probably not because the cap is just too insane for them right now. But um, beside that, the Abs. I wish I knew how they played. I didn't get to watch. Apparently, Lekman had a great game. He had the game winner, so I'm really yep. upset I missed that. Um, but a great, you know, another sort of great mention acquisition by Joe Sackick. Um, Yeah. So uh, they got two players like that. Apparently, Valerie Nikushkin is very much like the Finnish. Or is no, because he's he's Russian. He's Russian. The Russian version of Lekman, or Lekman is the Finnish version of Nikushkin. And I think what is it? It's Landeskog, Kadri, Lekin is online sometimes, which just yes. screams, I hate to play against that. Um, and yeah, but uh, I guess going to game four, I just hope it doesn't get too silly, but it, it feels like there's there's something coming. Yeah, especially after what's-his-face. Um, it was just a bloodshed game all around. I mean, you have Bennington, who's out after getting plowed there. You have... Barbashev murdering Sam Gerard behind the net. Um, you don't know what his status is, but he definitely looks like he has a concussion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, and again, Sam Gerard's gone with a broken sternum. You know what? He was getting a lot of grief in the regular season. And again, numbers were indicating he was, wasn't 
playing very, very well. But I thought in the playoffs, he's playing some great hockey. Uh, and a broken sternum is just oh, okay. I didn't know he suffered a broken sternum, so he's done yeah. for the year. Then he's done. Yeah, they they yeah they've already confirmed he's they confirmed lost. it last night, which you know that quickly to determine something in the playoffs is just yeah. Just saying broken sternum makes you. I remember seeing he cringe. was brought. I remember seeing that he was sent to the hospital and immediately, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, again, play playoffs is just when someone goes down and goes somewhere in the playoff. You just know that that is uh. Something bad. Something I, I wanted to mention that was a little lighthearted. Um, then it has to do with Sam Gerard, not the injury. We wish him the best because you, if you've listened, you know I love Sam Gerard. When he was available, or it was reported he was available, I was like, Bergevin, go get him. Um, obviously, look, look what's happened then. Bergevin's not even in, uh, in Montreal anymore. Um, but I wanted to ask you something. And I, I tagged you, Christopolis, and Baldwin on this on Twitter. Guys, we've all, all had on the show before. Sam Gerard's tape job. Um, I have never seen that before. That is so weird, Ben. Could you ex- explain it, please? I mean, the thing is when you're, so what Sam Gerard is doing is, is like, it's an incomplete candy cane because okay. what you do when you're, when you're taping your stick is that you, so what he has done is he's twirled up his roll of tape so that it's like thicker, mm-hmm. but like spindlier. And then he tapes it around his stick. Um, so what you usually do is that you, you usually use that for. Um, it's usually what goes towards the top of your stick, towards the butt. Um, and, you know, you start by doing however thick you want your, however thick you want your butt, get your laughs out. And you take, you know, you, you roll the tape up, you spin it and you kind of just like swirl it down and down and down to about how long you want the grip of your stick to be. So mm-hmm. some people, they just, some people are crazy and they don't like any grip on their stick and they just like a small butt at the end of it, like a small piece of tape. Some people like a long, a long grip like I do. I have like, for example, my grip would be like here to like here. Um, it's pretty long. But that like t- ten inches or something, just for people who aren't. You know what? Two seconds. Let me just grab the stick. It's right there. As he does that, I'll just say it's it's interesting that this series, like Gerard, weird stick, like tape job. Ryan O'Reilly has that very famous hook on his stick blade, which is weird. But now oh, here's my keys back. Um, so Sam Gerard does this basically. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna take the tape. You're going to roll it and then you're going to go down and down and down and down. Yeah. And then you're going to cut it, put the tape right back as to normal as like a sheet of tape. Yeah. And then you're going to go over that. Yeah. And that is how you create grip on your mm-hmm. stick. So what Sam Gerard has done is just so weird because he has not done that. He's just done like the, the the preliminary part of it where you just put the rolls on not the not where you finish it off with the actual grip part of it like at this point honestly it's like he doesn't want to take his glove off because it's the stickiest part of the stick when you're when you're rolling up that's that's what it is yeah yeah it's like he doesn't want his glove to get off of his stick by doing that effectively Uh, have you ever seen the walking dead uh bits and pieces 
Have you, have you seen Negan's bat? How it has the uh, the it has the um, barbed wire over the top of it. Yes, yes. That's what Sam Gerard's stick reminds <laughs> me of. It looks like he's got barbed wire. I thought it looked pretty neat, but I think I mean, you called it dust. Will and, and Christopolis, uh, sorry, Will, Will and Will, really, uh, also uh, were, were, were shocked to see it. I'd never seen it before. And while you were gone, I mentioned, you know, we got Sam Gerard's weird tape job. And we also have, I love, anytime I mention Ryan O'Reilly, I love mentioning his stick and how his blade is hooked. To it's an L. How is it legal? I don't think, I don't understand. I think they'll make it illegal once he retires. Ah, you, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, okay, uh, where else can we look here to finish off the playoff stuff? Because then we can quickly check on some other news around the league. Um, the Battle of Florida is Tampa's advantage to nothing right now. Uh, and those were both in the Panthers arena. Now, first off, um, Mike, before we go into the raw details here, uh, as I quote the great Stephen A. Smith in round one, I used to I said that the uh, the APB needed to be out for Nikita Kucherov. Um, but that pass to Ross Colton in game one, it was sensational. Um, and his play just overall me in the, in the first sort of few games of this series means Kucherov is off the hook. Whatever he's dealing with him, well, he was dealing with him round one. Apparently he was sick. It seems to be gone. Barkov, though, it's your turn. Where are the police? Where's the APB out for him? Go find him. Face on side of the milk carton. He's hiding with Michael Irving after a Cowboys loss. Where is Alexander Barkov? Where is he? Disappeared with their scoring touch on the power play. I think it's 0 for 23 now. It's not great. It's not great, Mike. No offense. The man can't play. (laughs) He cannot play the game of basketball. He cannot commit one play. He's got small hands. He can't defend. No disrespect. He's a bona fide scrub. James Hot. Before we, I knew we were going to get to this point. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so game game two, we can focus on that. Um, I guess we talked about game one last episode. Then. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, we're so, going to step up, though. I will say, you know, we and I said it before. The they greatly underperformed in in the first round. They greatly underperformed. They did, yes. I mean, you had some guys rise to the occasion, like Duclair, I think. Um, Verhage. Carter Verhage is, it, like, when he went down with injury, like, whoa. The fact that I didn't know how much he just, he actually did contribute to the team. Um, uh, Huberto definitely was a lot more invisible in that first round series. He had that nice assist in the first game. But, um, you know, you have one of the most complete rosters in the national hockey league, like you need to, you need to step up. I understand it's Tampa. I understand it's the, it's the, like the two time Stanley cup champions, but that two time Stanley cup champion team also just went toe to toe with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're tired. They, there was a bloody series and now they're working Florida. So before we go too much on Tampa, because they had a carousel of guys leave and come back and get hurt in game two. It was, uh, uh, but, but just go to Florida for a second, because in game two, I thought they were really good. I thought that they had controlled that game for most of it mm-hmm. and stopped playing for an instant. And boom, there it is. Kucherov, great play. Ross Colton, the guy who got that Stanley Cup game winning goal last year. Who needs Yanni Gord? Because you got Ross Colton back. Um, 
they just it's so unfortunate to see because that is just it is the panther sorry it, it, as you say it's it's tampa bay there is no team in the league that quite like them who you can give a step to colorado we see is maybe sort of the odds on favor to win the cup um but it's just they just don't have the pedigree and experience that tampa have and you know, Mike, I can't think of a game that was a better example of a cup-winning team than game two with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, a showcase of what it is to win because Corey Perry in warm-up gets cut up because he shoots a puck, it goes off the bar and hits him in the face, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but he comes back. Stamkos left, came back, but as he was coming back to the game, Brendan Hagel went, um, but I don't think he, he ever came back, and I don't think he was in their last practice. Hagel, who um, is taking warm-up for Tampa Bay right now, actually, as we speak. Because that starts in like 35 minutes. Um, so he's he so he might be coming back overall. Uh Sarnik got bled, pushed it, like hit into another bench. He was still playing great. All this on top of a way that Braden Point is still out. And Tampa still found a way to win. If that is not championship pedigree, and Vasilevsky's playing really well too, but just credit to the skaters here. Credit to the coaching staff, credit to everybody. It's incredible to look at. I, yeah. I am, I'm bitter at this team for last year, obviously, but I cannot help but respect them. I can't. Me neither. I, I mean, Tampa Bay has been doing this for a long time. It seemed like it was, ta- it seemed like they've had this core together for such a long time and they just couldn't burst through the hump. Mm-hmm. Then they finally did one, two cups back to back. And now they are, you know what? They're in a, a very good position to win a third one. So I'm just thinking about it. Carolina is weird because apparently Freddie Anderson made the trip, but it's still, you know, I don't know if I can see them beating Tampa. Maybe we see the state of Tampa's roster afterwards. Mm -hmm. And in the West, the the flames quite haven't been the studs we thought they were. And Colorado still have to get through St. Louis, but Colorado. Colorado, St. Louis is going to be Colorado's ultimate test all playoffs. Oh yeah, because even if it, I, I still like Colorado a lot more versus Calgary, and I think I think Daryl Sutter likes Colorado more against against Calgary, considering his quotes this year. But if it's you know, I think whoever was coming out of the Atlantic this year, I think was going to have a sort of pretty good path mm-hmm. to try and make a real run. It's just I think it was really in the Metro um, because we didn't know what Tristan Jari's health was, and I should have thought about that when I made my bracket. Losers should have um, went four for eight, by the way, went 50% in my, my bracket for the first round. I'm like Wayne. Perfect. Love, I love Wayne. Um, but you know, it's, it's really just Caroline is the other test there. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see. And I don't think Carolina have really been showstoppers. I think they had some moments of weakness against Boston and they haven't been game two was better, but game one against New York was sort of disappointing. So the East is Tampa's for the taking, really. I think it yep. But uh, I've been wrong about many things in these playoffs, so uh, we'll see. But uh, listen, Florida, uh, can you score on the power play so my good friend Alex Baumgartner can s- just not have to talk about it anymore, the poor guy? Um, anyway, that's everything for the playoffs. So we have three games today because Tampa are playing back-to-back because Emily Arena was apparently booked by a man I've never heard of, uh, which is a shame. Hey. I've, I've never heard of the man. What's his name again? Joe Smith? No, it's not that. It's something like Kane, Kane Brown. Kane Brown, never heard of him. Kane um, Brown. So team. there are three big names for UFAs in Pittsburgh. Uh, Brian Rust, Evgeny Malkin, 
Chris Letang, one of them is taken care of. Um, the comparable for this contract, by the way, I looked at was like, uh, it was Zach Hyman and I can't remember his, Blake Coleman were the comparables for this. Uh, from $3.5 million, Brian Russ, six-year extension, $5.1 million AAV. There's some spare change after that. Uh, worth just under $31 million. Um, I mean, what always helps with Brian Rust is you can see him up and down the lineup, Swiss Army Knife type player. Um, what does this mean? I don't think either of us have a problem with the contract. Maybe the last few years might be a little tough, but first off, happy the guy earned it because that guy's been a warrior. Um, but what does it mean for Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin? One or both of them are gone. If you had to guess, is Afghani Malkin coming back? Oh, or is Andres it Malkin is gone. I, I'd say Latang comes back. If, any, if, if Latang doesn't retire because of how many injuries he's faced, he's coming. It, it's, 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 it's similar, maybe not to the same caliber. I know you know what Latang has had a pretty legendary career himself, but oh yeah, Latang is similar in this sense to Patrice Bergeron. He's either coming back or he's retiring. There's, there's to me, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He's either a Pittsburgh Penguin or he is um, um, part of the NHL Alumni Association. Whereas Evgeny Malkin, you know, his body's been broken down just as well, but he still wants to keep playing for at least like three years or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And probably, you, you know what? In a perfect world, you want all of them to retire. But, you know, I think Pittsburgh have to be careful that they don't want to make the Brent Seabrook mistake. Yeah, and just have that contract to really bone them in the future. Um, but uh, it, it just, um, listen, Sid's going to retire there, which is the big one. Uh, but it, Until he becomes a Colorado Avalanche to join Nate Dog. No, he's going to come. <laughs> no, he's coming to Montreal so he can play for his childhood team. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, can, I can help. I can help. Imagine Suzuki Crosby and Wright. Uh, do you know what? I, I, I'm not going to ask you this because I'm not going to put you on the spot. Um, but next episode, I want to have a discussion with the guys about about Shane Wright because there is a certain former scout for the Habs um, who has been ripping Shane Wright and has only been going after Yuraj Slavkovsky, and it's very annoying. <laughs> They're taking Wright. Deal with it. Of course they are. He's the best player in the series, in, in, in the draft. He is. Oh, and Bergevin is not the, Bergevin is not the, um, the GM anymore, so he's not going to draft positionally. I can't even see, even if they go positionally, it's still Shane, right? <laughs> Just go and take Simon the Mac because they need a right-handed D. Oh, <laughs> imagine. Could you imagine? Uh, to finish off, well, two quick things. First off, I'm, I might get the name, the name wrong here. First woman ever drafted in the WHL. Chloe Primrano could get Primorano. 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 That sounds like you, you have gotten it right. Fair enough. Um, the comments were just sort of like what you'd expect from Twitter comments, but that's a hell of an accomplishment. And obviously we saw it with, I can't remember her name, but uh, the female who played goaltender in the QMJHL this year too. Um, obviously Marie-Philippe Poulin was offered to play in the ECHL, uh, declined it because she's that big of a deal. I freaking love it. Uh, a good year for women's hockey when you put Chloe into the mix here too. Just a, a great story. And I love that it was by the Vancouver Giants, who are my favorite WHL team, only because of Mr. Brandon Gallagher. I will say, though, um, you know, it, it's, uh, if she, it, it, it's great. It's, it's, it's great that she made it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of media outlets, though, that don't know sports that well, have got to have got to stop sensationalizing though, because you don't want to put all this pressure on this girl 
because people keep saying, like, for example, CBC goes, Chloe Primarano will be lacing up to play defense for the Vancouver Giants. No, she's not yet. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's great that she got drafted, but don't put so much expectation on someone who's drafted 268th overall in the 13th round. Mm -hmm. It's a very... It, like I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but at the same time too, you don't want to put all this expectation because she's she's definitely the most public of this draft because of the fact that she's the first female to do it. And hockey hockey night in Canada interview. Yeah, give her you know all credit is due. She worked she worked she worked very hard for this, mm-hmm. but um, don't put the crazy expectation on her that she has to be suiting up for the Vancouver Giants next year, like or in a couple of years, like give her some time. Like people like all these like outlets that don't know sports are just like, yeah, she's going to be a Vancouver giant next year. It's going to be a tough path to get there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was a tough path to get drafted. No, I, I have faith in her, but mm-hmm. you know, don't put so much expectation on the poor girl. Mm-hmm. Celebrate the accomplishments yeah. one day at a time. As, as exactly. she, I saw that she, she said, yeah, I style my game after Doug Geese. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't want to play against you then. <laughs> you're, Interesting. That sounds like you're, you're it's just because uh, he is a noted. Uh, that's not against her. That is, if you don't know, Duncan Keith's a rat bastard to play against. Yeah. Um, but hey, uh, hey, pretty good defenseman. Not a great person, um, but great defenseman. I lost it when he scored in that game. I, was, I texted Will. I'm like, why did that have to be Duncan Keith? Another guy on the Oilers. Man, I wish McDavid had anyone else to play for. <laughs> Uh, okay, there was something. There were two little snippets that I had put on. Uh, oh yeah, so this was I, I forgot to mention this during the Battle of Alberta part. Uh, but in game one, the expected goals margin for the Oilers was one point three three. They scored five. The Flames four point two. Uh, at the time, it was six. Obviously, it went up to nine, but uh, that was uh, at one point during the game. So they, they were showing six five there. Obviously, it ended up going nine six. But that's how bad the goaltending was. Uh, something else quickly here. No, that is a Pokemon screenshot. I took nothing to do with this, Adam. What are you doing? Um, okay, so the Dallas Stars are going to look... This is what we'll finish off with here, Mike. The Dallas Stars are going to look very different next year. Rick Bonus has stepped away from the team. By the way, I like that he got to do that and he wasn't fired, quote-unquote. Same with John Tortorella. I think those guys deserved it. Uh, so this is from... Sob- if, I'm, if I'm them, I want to get fired. I want to get my money. Yeah, but I think they were. I think at least bonus was up. Yeah, bonus was up. You're right. So this is from Saad Yusuf of the Athletic covers the Stars. Uh, sources say that Jim Nill is expected to lead the search for the next Stars head coach. It will be Nill's fifth coaching hire in Dallas since he became GM in 2013. Lindy Ruff, Ken Hitchcock, Jim Montgomery, and Rick Bonus. Uh, also, by the way, uh, interesting to note that Jim Nill is in the final year of his contract as well. Uh, sorry, next year, technically. I forgot we're in that weird point. Uh, next season is his last. So um, mm-hmm. uh, the assistant coaches won't be returning either. Um, I look a lot of those coaches. And first off, I think, man, it's, it's, uh, I would like to see if Jim Montgomery got another, gets another look there because I have a lot of time and respect for a guy who went, got help. Uh, and I think he's in St. Louis right now as an assistant. And they were mentioning when Dom Ducharme got fired that maybe because he's from Montreal, uh, he was going to go in Montreal, like hire him. Where's the St. Louis extension, by the way? Um, but I also look at guys like Hitchcock and I see Lindy Ruff and I'm like, maybe they go free a younger, more 
forward-thinking head coach for this next group. One that isn't going to hate a player like Dennis Gurionov. Maybe. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah, I mean, Rick Bonus did some pretty good things in um, with the Dallas Stars. He took them to the final, even though yep. they had no business getting to the final. Um, you know, first off, the, f- the first thing is, you know, Bonus is like, what, 67 years old? So retirement is also always on the table. If you take a job in media or something like that. But if so, if that's it for him, hell of a, hell of a, hell of a career. Um, Before you keep where- going, I believe with his time as an assistant coach, I think he's coached the most games in NHL history. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, I don't know where they go. The Stars are an interesting team under interesting management. I mean, you're right. It's either they hire a dinosaur or they hire someone very young. Who that someone very young is, I do not know. But other than that, like obviously they're going to put a bid in for Barry Trotz. Um, you know, somebody uh, that might be a good coach for them that I'm, I'm thinking would coach the Red Wings next year, though, is Gerard Gallant. Oh, <laughs> oh Dan. I'm never going to let Dan live that down. No, no, no. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what this one, not just for the fact that, that it's not just about which coaches are available as much as it's which coaches fit the mound of, of a team. That's the stars potentially going through another rebuild because their core is aging, their windows closing how does this impact things like John Klingberg, his negotiation slash trade? Um, there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions. I can't really give you a genuine suggestion or prediction of a coach other than like everyone's salivating to get Barry Trotz. That's about it. If I'm Dallas, by the way, I want to know what's going on with Jim Nil first, because if we're going to get a new GM next year, a new vision, why am I wasting the money in contract on the coach now who, the next GM may not even like. We kind of saw that with Brujo this year. We know he's back next season, but how that's going to look then? Oh, that's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no indication that GM and coach like each other there. So that, that's, that's the question I have looking at everything like that. And uh, Mike, do you remember where Jim Nill previously worked before his time in Dallas? Detroit. Yeah. So, and uh, do you remember who the head coach was there? Yep. No, Michael, that's, that's not going to happen. Michael Babcock. I yeah. don't know, man. I don't, Someone's going to do it. Someone's going to so. do it. Someone's going to be dumb enough to hire him. We know teams are dumb enough that they've been asking about Joe Quinville. Someone's going to be dumb enough to do it. I can promise you that. Fair enough. All right. Um, I do believe that's it. I'm just quickly checking through my phone to make sure I have everything that we've talked about. My friend telling me to go watch House. I may. I think so. Um, is it me or do the Rangers look like they're not getting to the net easily? That was something I wanted to mention. But uh, um, some One Piece stuff I screenshotted. Should this have counted for the Flames? Don't care. Um, do, 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 do. Okay. Well, Mike, that's everything. Funny enough. Cool. Okay. Thank you for being here, by the way. Thank you. Same time next week, obviously, because Alex and Dan are gone. Yeah. uh, We'd like (laughs) to thank them for their service. Their severance packages are in the mail. Don't expect Mm -hmm. much because Mm -hmm. we don't have that much money. 
Um, And we will see everyone on Wednesday. Sayonara.